Police murder landlord after landlord murders two tenants after they raise concerns about the state of their apartment. Educational workers in Halifax enter week three of strike. Housing workers in Iqaluit enter day 72 of their strike. And Turkey has a new president. It's the same as the old president. Good morning. It's Monday, May 29th. My name is Nora, and here are your headlines. This morning, we start in Stony Creek, which is basically Hamilton. Unless you live in Hamilton or Stony Creek, then it's then it's Stony Creek. A landlord is believed to have shot and killed two of his tenants. They were quote-unquote fleeing when their landlord allegedly opened fire and murdered them both. The police have said that there was, quote, a dispute regarding the condition of the home, unquote. Amar Khan reports that the tenants had argued that the state of their apartment was falling apart. The landlord had, quote, multiple registered guns, unquote, and something deteriorated quickly between the moment that the two tenants approached their landlord and the moment that he murdered them both, allegedly. The 57-year-old man then barricaded himself inside. After several hours, the Hamilton police shot and killed the man. One of the landlord's alleged victims was a teaching assistant. The other was an electrician. They lived in the basement of the landlord. Now, I'll just mention here that CBC and the Globe and Mail both have headlines that don't even say that this murder was at the hands of the landlord. Instead, they both indicate that there was a landlord-tenant dispute and two people died. Reporting on this all day yesterday made it sound as if the two tenants had left the place to fall in disrepair and that the landlord was pushed to the brink and had no other option. Of course, that's not seemingly what happened. If you read through the headlines and a lot of these articles, you find out the actual details. Global and CTV both have in their headlines that the landlord killed the two tenants. It's a horrifying story, and I'm sure we'll find out more about the victims in the next coming days. Now to Halifax, where educational support workers are going on week three of a strike. The province has been hiring scabs, prolonging the dispute. The union... QP Local 5047 represents about 1,800 workers. That includes educational program assistants, African student support workers, and library staff. The workers have not had a contract for nearly three years. They've asked for a $2.50 per hour flat rate wage increase. In Ontario last fall, QP educational workers were out on strike in what turned out to be a historic showdown with the province when Doug Ford threatened to use the notwithstanding clause to impose a contract. Now to Iqaluit, where a strike with workers at the Iqaluit Housing Authority has surpassed 70 days. I've mentioned this strike before on the Daily News. The unit that is on strike has 13 workers. The employer had locked them out. And the employer ended that lockout when they offered them a 7.25 pay increase over five years, plus a lump sum payment on ratification of a new contract. 7.25 over five years is barely over 1.25% per year, which is obviously way lower than inflation. Unsurprisingly, the union has rejected that offer. Now, I have an update to a story I mentioned last week. The girl whose death was deemed not suspicious by the RCMP has now had her death ruled suspicious. Carson Mackenzie Seaweed was 15 years old when she went missing and was found dying under a wood pallet behind a motel in Duncan, B.C. 
Carson was from the Namgees and Cowichan tribes. The RCMP has apologized to Marie Seaweed, Carson's mother, and to the community. They blamed the news that Carson's death was not suspicious on there being a quote-unquote miscommunication. And finally, Recep Tayyip Erdogan has won Turkey's election. He won by just four percentage points at 52.14%. Erdogan will become Turkey's longest-serving leader. He's already served 20 years, and this election has given him a five-year mandate. The third-place finishing leader, who got about 5% of the first ballot vote, endorsed Erdogan, which helped tip his support to victory. Voter turnout was nearly 90%, reports CNN. Erdogan was widely condemned for loosening building regulations that had led to such a high death toll in February after the earthquake. But he's also played a very important role in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. One of the first people to congratulate Erdogan was Russian President Vladimir Putin. Turkey has NATO's second largest army, and Erdogan has emerged as a power broker between Russia and NATO, supporting what has become known as, quote, pro-Ukrainian neutrality. Vladimir Zelensky has also congratulated Erdogan on his re-election. Erdogan brokered the first two deals that happened between Russia and Ukraine since Russia invaded Ukraine. One of those deals was getting Russia to agree to allow Ukrainian grain deliveries across the Black Sea. Erdogan has supplied weapons to Ukraine, but has also dramatically increased its trade to Russia, enabling the country to have credibility with both sides. Those are your headlines for Monday, May 29th. I'm Nora, and it's a new week. Go get that week. Hope you have a good one.